Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Today's episode of the All Angels podcast is brought to you by SportsDrink, your digital water cooler. SportsDrink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and hate your favorite team. A rising tide floats all boats, so go check them out online and on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. Spelled like SportsDrink without the vowels. normally high fly ball deep left field oh 27 does it again through this year wall sends it well out to left center field and it's gone he went to jared way this is brandon marsh the los angeles angels baseball you listen to all angels podcasts and welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Um, if you listen to our last podcast, you remember we talked to Martin Gallegos, the MLB beat writer for the Oakland Athletics. Well, our tour of the AOS continues. This episode, we talked to friend of the podcast. You've been on before to talk to Mariners, if I remember correctly. I have been. And that is DH. A uh, member of Sunday League, the podcast, which I have been on. And if you go there right now and download and listen to the most recent episode, I'm yep. on there as well. But you also have another project that you're starting up this year. So go ahead and talk about that a little bit. Yes, sir. Uh, Sunday League, the podcast. That's my my home, I suppose. And I'm starting an individual venture uh, specifically on the Mariners. It's called Revenge of the Mariner. Um, you'll find it on Spotify. I got an Instagram on that. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Mariners fan, as you alluded to earlier, and, you know, why not? Why not? <laughs> why Mariners not? are going to be hot this year, so you better watch out. Man. Yeah, and let's get to that real quick. Obviously, I think, in the AL at least, definitely the surprise of the season was the Mariners winning 90 games. To you, maybe. Okay, to everyone else. To, yeah. Non, to non-Mariner, else. Non-Mariners fans, and maybe probably some Mariners fans. Right. But the 90 wins... Only five games back of the division. Mm. What, in your eyes, worked well for the Mariners to get them in that position? Well, I mean, to your point, though, they weren't supposed to do that well because they had a negative run differential all year long, and everyone was waiting for it to kind of catch up and to them. Yeah, it was gonna it was gonna catch up to them eventually, but they just kept on winning. They just kept on winning, and uh, what went really well for them last year has to be the clutch hitting, especially late in the games. The bullpen would hold, you know, hold the lead for them, and um, you know, really pitching and then timely hitting is is what made all the difference. 
they if they lost games and they got blown out, well, you know, a fourteen nothing loss is the same as a one nothing loss. Right. So, you know, you shake it off. I think they did a really good job of shaking off those losses and, and moving on to the next. You know, they didn't lose more than six in a row. They also didn't win more than six in a row, but at least they stayed pretty balanced throughout the whole year and they got better as the season went on. So it just kind of tells me that, you know, the, the players got really comfortable with each other, got really familiar with, you know, how they play, you know, what each other's game is. And and this year is going to be even better for them, I think. So even like last year, correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't have the, the reigning rookie of the year for much of the season last year, right? Uh, no. Kyle Lewis? No, Kyle and, Lewis was hurt for a good while. And then he's supposed to be back this year fully healthy. Well, he's also probably going to start the season on the injured list. Uh, oh, okay. They're bringing him back slowly um but at the same time there's a lot of other guys that can fill in for him they've got jared kalanick who's coming back for a second year and uh you know he he had his he had some some good moments last season but a a lot of people just remember the down moments the bad moments from last season i think this year he's going to turn a corner so he's got some potential to to fill in the void and don't forget about julio yeah don't forget about Julio over there (laughs) yeah and on top of that the mariners also have jesse winker yeah, that can hold down left field and Mitch Hanniger. So the, I think the outfield is is in good hands. The DH position is in good hands. Kyle Lewis can take his time, but when he comes back, hopefully he's fully healthy. He's gonna he's gonna contribute just as much as those guys. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at the outfield roster right now, and like you mentioned, it's Kalenic, it's it's Winker, it's Lewis, it's yep. it's Hanniger, it's Rodriguez. How or how have they talked about maybe managing all these guys? Because like. You could put three in the outfield and then one in DH, but there's still going to be a guy left over. Is there possibility of, of, of yeah, I wouldn't want to say trade, but Rodriguez, Lewis, and uh, Klenick are all young. So is there any – and you just got Winker, so I can't imagine that yeah. guy already being on the trade mm-hmm. market. But is there any way they're going to like try to maybe flip these one of these guys for more prospects or just someone else that can help the team somewhere else? I mean, that's a good point because, yeah, you, how do you fit all of those guys in the same lineup when you know there's probably four spots available for those five guys somebody's going to have to sit out and um that's going to be a that's going to be a tough thing for Scott Service to handle you know how does he how does he go about his business with giving everybody their fair share of reps and i think early on in the season with the expanded rosters and whatnot you're going to see a lot of mix a lot of mix and match you know you're going to see a lot of lefties on righties a lot of righties on lefties and Billy Hamilton is somebody that they signed as a as a minor yeah, league free agent yeah. that can you know cause some more mix up problems or matchup problems I should say. But he's he's somebody who you can probably bring in more of like a, an elitening yeah pinch runner defense type of role. So it's not necessarily somebody who's going to take at bats away. But yeah, that's that's a good problem to have I think. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Mariners weren't done dealing. You know what I mean? I think they they still have a couple of uh, couple of couple of guys to go after and, and to address the uh, starting rotation and then maybe to address the left side of the of the lineup. But uh, I really don't know how it's going to go <laughs> down, man. I really don't know how Scott's going to do it. And I'm interested to see how it works out because Julio should make the team yeah. out of spring training. Yeah, you, would, been, you would hope because he's been the hot thing for the last couple of seasons he's been now. Tearing, he's been tearing it up in spring training and he's He's shown that he can do it in the minor league level, and it's his time this year. And if the Mariners are serious about contending and winning this year, which they are, then you got to put the best team on the field, and he's part of that. So let's move now to the infield. Obviously, probably the biggest name to not be there from last year 
um, is Seeger. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know necessarily, again, you would know better than I, if that was a name just because of, or he was popular because of his name, or if he actually produced well at that third base position last year. Well, he's one of those guys that, you know, he's a bona fide leader. Right. You know, he's He's been around for a long time. Um, I would say probably in the league as long as Mike Trout has been in the league. Close to it, if not, yeah. Yeah, right. and and so to lose somebody like that, or at least to not have that kind of guy around, definitely takes a hit. I would say in the in the clubhouse culture, as far as you know, offensive production in the lineup. I mean, I mean, you can. I think that that's a little bit easier to replace than leadership. And so getting Eugenio Suarez from the Cincinnati Reds, kind of takes care of that production aspect you know he's right he's probably gonna put out at least 30 home runs driving at least 80 to 90 rbis if when he's when he's right same numbers that kyle seager has been able to put out uh, as far as the strikeouts go um maybe he cuts those down a little bit so if he can and you know he can get on base a little bit more <laughs> then we're looking at not really missing much from a production standpoint but from a leadership standpoint I mean, that's just going to put a lot of pressure on on the younger guys. And I, I don't want to say pressure in a bad way. Some of these guys embrace it, like J.P. Right. Crawford. I, has, I fell in love with him last year. Yeah. He was he was, he was was a guy, and it's always kind of weird. Like, Angels fans are like, oh, this guy kills us, kills us. I hate this guy. And that, to me, makes me like, oh, damn, he's a good player. Because, <laughs> like, he, he, he couldn't, like, be totally crapped everywhere else. But it's like, he kills us. I'm like, all right, he's a good player. And, yeah. and that's exactly what seemed like what happened with J.P. last year. Yeah, he's he came up a top prospect with the Phillies, and you know for one reason or another, uh, got a, got traded to Seattle, and hey, he's got a chance to to lead that ball club um, as the starting shortstop, top of the lineup type of guy. He's already won a Gold Glove, and there's nothing saying that he can't do it again. And so he can be that leader on the field as well as in the clubhouse, and he's shown that he's willing to embrace it. Jared Kalenic is another guy who's you know really really young, but at the same time plays with a lot of fire. And a lot of intensity, a lot of heart, and one of those types of guys that okay, follow my lead, right? And and, and we'll we'll be fine. So I think the Mariners are in good hands. Um, they've got a lot of guys in the in that on that ball club that can step up and be that leader and be that voice. If if anybody's falling off the wagon, then you know, hey, this is an opportunity that they're they're showing that they're they're not willing to let pass. Like this is the year that the Mariners do something right and have a 20 year uh playoff drought i think is what the most so the the longest one in uh baseball right now mm -hmm. um so i mean now bear in mind though it's not the longest in history no 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 no. but just current but is the longest yes current. The longest current and it's it's painful to watch <laughs> and it's painful to live through but i stick to the team because i know that the times will turn eventually and you know as a um as as an angel fan 20 years ago when the Mariners made the playoffs, the Angels also made the playoffs. Yeah. They made a little bit better of a run than the Mariners and won the World Series. So, you know, if, if they both make the, the playoffs this year and have the same result, I'm sure a lot of Angel fans will, um, will would take that, definitely. You know, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, having a nice little rivalry with the Angels. You know, two winning ball clubs going head-to-head -head in the division like the Dodgers and the Giants or right. the Dodgers mm -hmm. and the Padres. I mean – the Astros have been hated by everybody. And so <laughs> I don't know if you can call it a rivalry per se, but, you know, Main Mariners and Angels have had some pretty good battles in their history. You go back to 1995, for example, when uh, they had a one-game playoff to determine the West. Right. Right? And Mariners came out on top, and then that whole, 
you know, refuse to lose playoff run and all that good stuff. That was that was great. And um, and they've had some pretty good battles over the years. And I would like definitely to see the Angels and Mariners battle it out for the AL West head to head. You know, I think that if there is going to be a start to any kind of battle like that, it's got to be this year. They're two talented clubs. Mariners, um, you know, of course, the stigma of not being a playoff team for 20 years, but <laughs> that's the underdog vibe that they've got. Right. And, and, you know, they've got some they've got some big dogs that you guys better watch out. I'm telling you now. I know we're going to get into <laughs> fantasy baseball, and you're going to ask me who you should pick up right, from a fantasy right. perspective. I'm not going to tell you. Because <laughs> we're we'll, we'll going to we'll get into that when we get yeah. to the fantasy but, point. Yeah, like I said, you know, if you're not paying attention to them now, that's fine. Wait till the end of the year, and we'll see where we're at. Yeah, I definitely think they're sneaky. I definitely think they have a lot of great pieces to, to put there. And, and you saw last year that they come together. You're just, I'm just wondering now if it's, you know, you kind of have that free and easy uh, when no one really expects much out of you. You can yeah. play free and easy, but now you won 90 games. Now people are kind of looking at you like, oh, we expect more out of you. Now you have a little bit more pressure on you. And it's just going to be a different thing. So now moving to the pitching uh, staff, you guys actually had quite a bit of, uh, Players moving around. Uh, Graveman's gone. Uh, Kikuchi's gone, who's been there for a while. Both those guys with separate teams. But you also did get Robbie Ray to come in and um, a big time free agent pickup for the Mariners in a five year deal. So talk a little bit about, you know, obviously Ray, we everyone knows who he is. Robbie Ray, um, Cy Young, Angels definitely, definitely wanted him in their rotation. Go to you guys. How does he. How does he fit? Does he do enough to kind of make up for some of the other guys you might have lost in 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 the bullpen and the rotation? Yeah. Well, I mean, you definitely lock him in as your number one guy, for sure. A guy like that, Cy Young Award winner, you're paying him all this money. You lock him in as your number one guy. That settles that. And that maybe takes a little bit of pressure off of somebody like Marco Gonzalez, who's been our number one guy. Um you know, opening day starter. He's been he's been the workhorse of that team, and a lot of credit should go to Marco Gonzalez the way that he's been able to pitch. Um, you know, in close game situations, and I want to I want to say that you know he's up he's right up there with some of the best pitchers in the American League in overall wins the last three or four years, and so he, I think that he's just going to still be he's going to be as durable this year. But not so much of that pressure of like, I got to be the number one guy. I got to be the guy that that stops losing streaks. Um, yeah, you do want to stop those losing streaks, but at least some of that pressure, you know, can be shared with Robbie Ray. Right. Who's, you know, more than capable of handling it. Um, and then you've also got other guys that are coming down the line, like Chris Flexen, who who got a chance uh, in Korea, uh, not last year, but the year before, turned around his career. And had a phenomenal year last year. He pumped up the velocity a little bit too towards the end. So if he can stick around that you know, 94, 95 mile an hour fastball range with the changeup that he's got and the breaking ball, like he's he's gonna do all right and he's gonna hold his own. Kikuchi is a tough loss for sure, because he definitely had moments where he could be the best left handed pitcher in the American League. Uh, he'd go deep into games, double digit strikeouts, but uh also a lot of inconsistency, sometimes get hits hard. So it happens. But that it happens with Kikuchi, Ooh. and so, but you've all, you've got other guys that are that are young that have fresh arms that are that the Mariners have invested a lot of time in developing, like Logan Gilbert, and guys that are knocking on the door like Matt Brash and George Kirby. 
Um, even Emerson Hancock is somebody who they drafted recently. These are all guys that, you know, are probably are able to contribute. If not this year, then definitely by next year. So it's not like the Mariners are short on pitching. Um, it's just a question mark of how soon are they going to be able to contribute? I think a few of those guys are going to contribute pretty significantly this year. So I think losing Kikuchi is tough, but you, you touched on Graveman. Right. And the bullpen last year was something that was, you know, a strength definitely of, yes, of the team. You felt like if they had the lead seventh, eighth inning, that it was going to be really, really hard to yeah. get anything past them. So, Grayman was a mid-season addition from the Astros, though, so I get, they were you guys were still good before he got there. He's made you guys better. Um, was the what is the late inning situation looking like for the Mariners? So the thing about Graveman was, you know, before they the Mariners traded him to Houston, he was a big piece of that clubhouse culture. Right, that clubhouse was you know was a tight knit group. And it may have had a little bit to do with some of the comments that were made before the season started last year from the team president. Mm -hmm. Remember that guy? Yep. <laughs> uh, we won't say his name. But he made some controversial comments about how they prefer to handle, you know, the young players. Right. Well, the players are going to be the ones to band together and, you know, really link arms and, and, and stick with each other during the tough times. And Graveman was one of those guys. And you lose you lose some of that glue. And and it was it was tough for them, especially for some of those some of those Mariner players, those uh, pitchers that he was really close with. You know, there was there was a lot of heads being uh, being shooken in the clubhouse <laughs> over this. And I myself included when that happened, I thought immediately, oh, dude, there goes at least two or three wins for us. Mm -hmm. um, and so sure enough, Mariners missed the postseason by a couple of games. Could Graveman have made a big difference? I who knows? I mean, I think that it you can't you can't afford to lose a guy like that when you're that close in the in the postseason uh, to the postseason so um, losing him I think was really tough for the Mariners and it took a while for us to get over it and fans you know I, that's that's what I when I refer to by us is the fans you know because the right. fans felt it and so I thought hopefully the Mariners would make a make a run at signing him again and bringing him back it didn't happen but we still got a lot of really really good arms in that bullpen Drew Steckenrider came from uh, Miami. He's uh, turning around his career here in Seattle. Paul Seawald, also another guy, had a chance to turn around his career in the bullpen. Has uh, I want to say he had like ten wins last season, over a hundred strikeouts. And then on top of that, you know, um, you got Diego Castillo from Tampa Bay, who's yeah. always been a steady arm in their bullpen. He was he was a real big thing too when they made that. Um... Uh, the World Series run mm -hmm. a couple years ago against I think uh, L.A. Yeah, and he was he was lights out then. Yeah, that guy's intense. He brings a lot of heat, a lot of fire, and um, you know he he'll be back. And on top of that, you know you got some guys that you a lot of people may not have heard very much of. There's a guy named Andres Munoz who's coming up, throws gas, hundred hundred mile an hour fastball, and a lefty that they signed as a free agent who, in my opinion, is should make the team because I think he can really impact the game from the left side. And his name is uh, uh, Buckter, Ryan Buckter. They signed him as a minor league free agent. You might remember him from the A's. He played with the A's. He yeah. Also, he also played with the Angels a little bit. I th yeah, I about to say that name, that, that last mm -hmm. name sounded really familiar, yeah. Big, tall, lefty. And I think that's what the Mariners need in the bullpen right now is they need some left-handed firepower, somebody who's going to come in and strike dudes out. He's got 259 strikeouts over his career and 236 innings. So he's definitely somebody I hope the Mariners get, um, uh, you know, on their opening day roster. 
Yeah, he's got an interesting story too, by the way. He's, <laughs> he's bounced around a lot of different teams in ten in at least ten years, ten to fourteen years of being in professional baseball, and uh, he's jumped around a lot of teams. His story is interesting, but I hope he makes the club. And then uh, let's see who else. Um, coming down to a couple more guys, I'm missing somebody. Uh, Casey Sadler is going to have a season injury, season ending surgery to his shoulder, and he's a guy that you know made headlines for having the consecutive innings of being unscored upon oh okay i forget exactly how many innings but he's dominant and not to mention ken giles yes ken giles will be healthy this year coming back from tommy john surgery signed a two-year deal last year with seattle just so he could have uh, one year to rehab uh, and then come back for the second year yes so he'll be there um I'm feeling really good about this Mariners bullpen. <laughs> uh, they're they're going to be pretty scary to deal with. So um, I think th- it's going to be it's going to be exciting baseball late in the games for Seattle, just like it was this last year. Let me talk about Athletic Greens real quick. I take Athletic Greens. It is something that I take every morning, and guess what? It's easy to drink. Which for me, that's number one. It's not like all your other vitamin powders that have that real earthy taste to it this is very easy to drink which makes it easy for me to take every day all it takes is a single scoop and water every day cold water that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a full year supply for free with your first purchase that's immune supporting vitamin d and five travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take your ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Let me talk about our next sponsor, ColorCast. ColorCast is a live audio only sports talk platform, free to download and free to use. Talk to fans, athletes, and interact in real time, perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile and link your Twitter. That's all. Come with your spectacular takes. So we talk about your strength and about how you guys have a good outfield or have guys that should develop into good outfielders. We just talked about, you know, obviously Robbie Ray, the bullpen, all that stuff. So what is something that you think Seattle's lacking to maybe make that final push or something that maybe they would look at to address at the trade deadline if they're um, competing? Oh, man, if they're competing, I think they definitely need to get some kind of left-handed power in the lineup. Somebody like earlier in this year's postseason, I'm sorry, uh, offseason, Freddie Freeman was available, and I figured that was somebody that, that would be, you know, great in the Mariners lineup. I was hoping they would trade for Matt Olson, and you know, some. I think that part of the reason why they might that might not work out very well is because then you'd have to convince Ty France to move from first back to third base. Uh, looking at the results last year, it's pretty clear that Ty France is a is a very proficient first baseman, and I think if he can stay healthy, he's going to have a really nice bat in that lineup. So that'd be really tough to get him to move over to third base, but that's what it would take to get some left-handed power in that lineup. They don't really have much of that. Maybe Jesse Winker, right? Can maybe be that. Maybe Jared Kalanick. Yeah, you know, you know, maybe Adam Fraser, but there's no there's no real raw power there. Cal Raleigh, uh, lefty lefty bat 
catcher for the Mariners. I, I like him defensively, and we'll see where you know where his bat goes this year. But that's what the Mariners really need if they're going to make a serious run at not just the AL West, but the American League title. You got to have a balanced attack from top to bottom, and the one thing that's lacking is some serious left-handed power. And I hope that's what they target in in the trade deadline. So obviously, health plays a huge part in the season. Health is really, really hard to predict. If you know you have fluke injuries, guys fall wrong, guys you know take a foul ball off the knee, and that's never accounted for. So, that does not feel good. No. So you know, kind of taking that aside, because I think every if you ask any team. What do they need to compete this year? Everyone's going to say health. But you take that aside, what do the the Seattle need to continually develop and continue to get better and, and compete this year? Uh, the young guys need to turn the corner. Young guys need to turn the that's corner. That's a good thing, yeah. And that's a recurring theme with, with every team, right? Right. I mean, the Angels, Joe Adele, he turns the corner. It's and a whole the different. Angels become an instantly, instantly a different team. Right. right? Uh, you know, Brandon Marsh, Jared Walsh, those guys keep, you know, keep developing and, and keep doing what they're doing. The Angels become an instantly different team now around Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Justin Upton, if you can still put him in that category. He's not young, but yeah, I know what you're talking but, about. <laughs> the, the, the seasoned vets that yeah. have proven that they can do it. And if those guys can come back and, uh, and return to form, then yeah, you know, Angels become an instantly different team. Mariners. Ty France, I think, is very underrated. I don't think he gets enough attention, maybe because he plays in Seattle or or what have you. But he's still fairly young, and he's a guy who I think's got forty homer potential, hitting close to three hundred um, on a regular basis. If you look at his minor league stats from the last season that he was in the minor leagues, I mean the numbers are just off the charts. He hit like three ninety nine with thirty homers in AAA. It was ridiculous. And in like 90 games or something. Wow. So um, Ty France, I feel like, is somebody who's an underrated superstar and could turn it around. But if Jared Kalanick can can do what he's capable of and if Julio Rodriguez can do what he's capable of, and not only that, but Logan Gilbert, if he can do what he's capable of, the Mariners instantly become a contender for, I think, not just the West. I think they become a contender. But, you know, a couple more pieces here and there. Like I said, lefty power, maybe a lefty arm in the bullpen. And and you got a nice balanced team from top to bottom. Yeah, you kind of mentioned that you you know Robbie Ray you mentioned is going to be your solidified number one opening day starter and everything. You got Marco Gonzalez who was really good last year. But yeah, if Logan Gilbert can like he said turn the corner and he could be a solid number three, yep. you know that makes it even more difficult for you know not only the ALS but just teams in general to kind of. Produce runs in a ballpark, especially when you're visiting Seattle, that is a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's going to be a huge factor, I think, for for Seattle is that if they can pitch like they did last year and, like you said, uh, Logan Gilbert can develop. I mean, he's only 24 years old. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's crazy. Like, he still has – even if it's not this year, he still has a couple years in it before you can say – have a real good feel about who he is. But, yeah, Seattle's going to be definitely a – uh, a team to look out for even more so, I think, than last year. I think last year, like I said, for us non-Mariners fans was <laughs> something to kind of well, surprise. And you're always waiting for that second shooter drop with the run differential. And it never did. Like I mentioned, yeah. 90 games won last year, um, just missing out on the playoffs. And now with the extended playoffs this year, they're, you know, have to be right in the mix for, if not the division, then definitely one of those 
playoff spot. So we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, this is going to be the second year of the World Pod Classic. Yep. Um, you guys at Sunday League, the podcast, put it together. You guys are inviting podcasts from all different parts of the uh, of the country. Yeah, doing, man. Covering coast. Covering um, a lot of different teams, and some of them obviously just baseball podcasts in general. So um, I'm in it again, second year. So I'm like, I feel like no matter how much uh, other podcasts come in, come out, at least I'm, I can say I'm, I'm, an, I'm one of the originals mm-hmm. with a handful of other ones. Yes, um, but, oh, damn, I just realized the 710. We just missed 705. Oh, <laughs> Daniel, what is happening? Uh, oh, we were so close. So close. We were so close. Uh, we had to talk about the bullpen Shout out to those <laughs> boys, by the way. Is it 705 yet? Philly's podcast. Uh, they're in the World Pod Classic. And, yeah, we, we always try and nail the 705. The gimmick, uh, and that's been going on forever, yeah, and still, I, I think it. this might have been one of the closest this ones. This is the closest. Yeah, this is so. the closest we've ever gotten. But yeah, next time, next time, we'll, <laughs> next time we'll. <laughs> it would have been even. It would have been even better too if I planned it to where we talked fantasy at seven oh five. Seven oh five. Damn it! All right, next time we put on the to do list. But talk about that. Like, what made you guys think of that idea, and how did you get? How did it all come together? Yeah, so shout out to my boys over at Sunday League, the podcast. What up, Boski? What up, Rube? Boo. <laughs> Dodger fam. Here with, uh, here with Halo D, finding out WPC, second annual. Uh, we started doing this just to grow you know, our community, basically. We had some ideas when we first started the podcast about two years ago about how we would do that, and Fantasy League was one of those. So we didn't do it in 2020, but we did in 2021. We just figured like it'd be a, you know, pretty dope to throw a bunch of invites out to a bunch of podcasts and and you know, see who see who joins up and you know, to our surprise, we actually had a lot of interest, you know, from different people all around all around the country, really. And a lot of these podcasts are people that we listen to. Uh, Boski loves to listen to podcasts all the time. He's, he's always on yours. <laughs> he's always listening, checking in on Deep Fryer, um, checking in with his Red Sox podcasts. Um, and so, yeah, since last season, you know, we got we got a few uh, a few big name podcasts and uh, one by Real Talk Baseball. Shout out to those guys. And this year we got a few new podcasts. We got top of the lineup. We got we watch we collect. We got the worst MLB podcast. <laughs> a lot of cool, a lot of cool different podca- podcasts with different perspectives on the game. Right, they come I, from different places. You know, I think that's the cool part too. Is that it's, like I mentioned, it's, it's different teams, different ideas, and stuff like that. So yeah, it is yeah. kind of a, a mosh of a lot of different yeah uh, personalities and just views. Yeah, views. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of a lot of really awesome people um, that are just as interested in this, and so. That's why we did it. Um, that's why we continue to do it because we love it. We play fantasy baseball regardless. And why not do it on as big a scale as possible? And so here we are, 16 podcasts. Yeah, 16 teams. And from last year, that's hard because you have to have a good draft. You have to hit on, on a lot of your draft you picks do. because there's not going to be a lot of extra um, players just kind of laying around. So for the winner of this World Pod Classic, what do they come away with? What's what's the what's the holy grail at the end of the season? So at the end of the season, the winner of the classic gets a glass trophy. It's about as you know big as a. It's like a know. beer mug kind yeah, of beer glass. Def- yeah, you could definitely hold at least twenty four ounces of liquid in it, but it's Very engraved. Nice. Very nice. It's engraved with your name on it, and you get some uh, World Pod Classic swag. You get a championship <laughs> T shirt. 
and you get bragging rights. Yeah, and I think that's you the get, biggest thing. That was that. And you know what? And, and everyone's in a Instagram chat group. Chat group. I don't know what, the, what you call it, but yeah, it's, that's what it is. You know, so and so is taking down so and so this week, or you know, you got lucky with this guy. He you know had a great outing and he sucks. I don't know how you know mm-hmm. he did that. So um, a lot of that stuff going on for sure. All you Angels fans are being represented by Mister Halo D himself. I think it was a semifinalist last year too. So, uh, shout out to Jared Walsh, sneaky yep. pickup that was an all star that helped me out. So, well, he's not going to be sneaky this no, year anymore. You're going to no. have to actually pick him up. Like, you can't wait for him to join, you know, to be called up from AAA <laughs> and then pick him up as a free agent. You're going right. to have to draft him. Right. So, I asked Martin Gallegos of MLB.com this about the A's. He gave me some names. So, you know, who are some of your sleepers, maybe, perhaps, for uh, the Mariners? I know it's kind of like a con- – I don't know if it's a conflict of interest or what, but, <laughs> but you know, uh, well, maybe people are listening out there that yes. aren't in our league. Get uh, someone to kind of – or two people to kind of look out for. So you definitely have to look into Ty France. Like I alluded to before, he's going to be an impact bat this year as long as he stays healthy. Now, last year – he he was showing signs of that potential until he got hit with a fastball on his uh, right forearm, ah. like right above his elbow, and and uh, that drained a lot of his power for a good while. He was battling through that, and you can tell like his power wasn't there, but he was still making solid contact. Um, so you, as long as Ty France can stay healthy this year, I definitely say he's at least a top one hundred baseball talent. So. Pick him up in the middle rounds if if he's available because, yeah, he's somebody that he he's got first base eligibility and second base eligibility. That's 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 key too with a lot of fantasy. It's like, can you find a guy that can yeah. fill multiple spots? Because yeah. as Angel fans, it came out today that Fletcher is going to start at shortstop. Well, he spent all of last year at second, so. I'm guessing now he's going to get dual. Yeah. I'm going to say dual citizenship. <laughs> dual, uh, you know, you can play both both positions. As, that's going to help out a lot. As long as he's got his passport. Yeah, exactly. As long as he's got his, his card, <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, so stuff like that helps out a lot where players can play multiple positions and you can plug him in, even though technically he's maybe not playing shortstop or first base right. or whatever that day, but he still has eligibility there. Yeah. And so because he played some second base last season, that's why France has that eligibility this year. So. As a second baseman, he's not a bad pickup. Right. If he's available in the middle rounds, I think you got to go after him. Matt Brash is another guy who's a sleeper. He's I'm betting that he's going to make the roster at um, on opening day, and he he very well could be the fifth or sixth starter. So Matt Brash is another guy who's going to throw some serious heat. He's going to strike out a lot of guys, and. Uh, he's got some good control. He's got some good control. He's not going to walk a ton of people. So Matt Brash is another one to look out for. And Logan Gilbert, like we talked about, one of the Mariners' top prospects. And uh, he's somebody who probably will be their third or fourth starter. So he's going to get a lot of opportunities um, as long as he stays healthy. He's a young arm, throws hard. He's got nasty breaking stuff. And, of course, the two, the two young studs, Jared Kalanick and Julio Rodriguez, as long as they make the team. They've got the potential to be, you know, top talent for not just the Mariners, but the American League. Right. So, so a lot of guys that you can pick from. Paul Seawald is going to get his saves. So Yeah. See, and that's the thing, too, is like if you can get a team like mm-hmm. Seattle and just pick up their closure because you feel like 
you know, if even if they don't win 90 games, you feel like they're going to be up in that area somewhere and then give their guy a lot of opportunities to save games. And, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Obviously, last year with the run differential being what it was, that means they're in a lot of close games, which yeah. means there's a lot of opportunities for save. And sometimes you can pick up a, say, a, a closer on a good team, but because the team is so good that they're not in a ton of closed situations because, you know, they're up by four. They're up by five or anything like that. So. Well, not only that, too, but, you know, with the closed games that, that they had last season, Paul Sewald had 10 wins. So he's going to get you a good amount of wins, too, on top of the saves. But the Mariners aren't really going to have a, a set designated closer to start the season. Okay. They're going to have a little bit more of a closer by committee. And so Ken Giles is another guy that would be worth a look if you're looking for saves. Um don't discount any of the other arms in the bullpen, especially Andres Munoz with the heat that he throws. I wouldn't be surprised if they throw him at the end of the game pretty early on in the season. So uh, those are my sleepers. Those are my sleepers, and you better not pick them. <laughs> well, tune in to find out because uh, <laughs> Sunday night is draft yep. night, so that's yep. something to definitely look forward to. Um, DH, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast course, and, and previewing the Seattle Mariners again. Once again, tell everyone uh, not only about uh, your solo project, but also Sunday League, the podcast. Yeah, Revenge of the Mariner. I've got about six episodes up right now. A seventh one will be going up after this one. Um, thank you, Daniel, for you know helping me get that one rolling because season around the corner. Uh, I'm going to be right there. So Revenge of the Mariner is on Instagram. You can also catch me on Sunday League, the podcast regularly each and every week with Boski and Rube on um, Instagram at Sunday League Podcast, also on Twitter at Sunday League Podcast. So look out for that. And, um, you know, we're going to be there talking our smack, us uh, (laughs) Bush Leaguers, a.k.a. Beer Leaguers, a.k.a. you know, whatever have you. Uh, That's what we're all about on, on Sunday League, the podcast. So. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for having me up on your uh, on your episode. I appreciate it. Uh, go Mariners. I look forward <laughs> to a fun season um, of competition against the Angels this year. We'll, we'll definitely have to get a uh, a watch party of some sort or watch. Absolutely. You, you come over. I come over here. We're actually at DHS right now. I come yeah. over here or you come over to our place when uh, Seattle and Anaheim uh, yeah, you know, lock horns. It's, Unfortunately, it's like, the Mariners don't come to come to Anaheim until June. Yeah, that's crazy. How uh, well? To be fair, they were supposed to play in that first week of the yeah. season that got you know pushed. Well, the Oakland A's um, series for the Angels got pushed back towards the end. Mm. Seattle is the team where they have to make up the doubleheaders throughout the season. So. Oh, nice! So we might have a doubleheader in Anaheim. Sometime. We might. We might have to double check the schedule. I know that. I'd came love, out not too long ago. I'd love to have an all-day baseball adventure. That would with be you, different. That would be different. That'd be. I, I would <laughs> like that. I've I've done I've done it to where I went to an Angel like twelve thirty Sunday game and then went to an Inland Empire seven o'clock game. Oh, so like kind of like from one to the other, or maybe might have been like a five o'clock game. I don't think it was because it was Sunday. Yeah, it might have been like a twelve thirty Angel game and a five o'clock Inland Empire game, but never a. You know, same ballpark, double header type of deal. So definitely That's some dedication, my friend. But yeah, if that happens in in Anaheim, that might be something to definitely uh, check out. So again, mm-hmm. DH, thank you very much. My pleasure. Um, you can always reach us, obviously, at our email at allangelpodcast at gmail dot com or our social media Halo underscore Haven, both on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, coming up. I do have, I'm going to have a, uh, a preview of the Astros. That's kind of all set up. 
Still working on trying to set a schedule for the uh, Rangers preview. So hopefully that comes out by the end of the weekend and we'll have all the teams covered in the AL West with a big, um, almost two part uh, podcast coming up uh, for the Angels as we preview them and we'll kind of break down their positions on stuff next week. So definitely, uh, like I say it all the time. Um, help us spread the podcast share with a friend share with a co-worker uh, share with some family that are angel fans and help us help us grow this podcast so until next time i am Dallin garcia and this has been another edition of the all angels Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.